Hello and welcome to the Shape of Work, a podcast series by Springworks. My name is Anoop and I am your host. Each week we'll be talking to top people managers across the world on the future of work and how it's shaping our workplace. So sit back and get ready to find out more from these movers and shakers as we have a no holds barred anything goes conversation with them about their journey, their insights, their thoughts, and most importantly their ideas and vision for the workplace of the future. Join in on the conversation. Leave a comment and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Shape of Work podcast and today we have with us David Labelle as a guest speaker. He's currently working as a human resource generalist for Blue Label Labs and carries over a decade of experience of working in diverse industries. Asha happens to be his current workplace so or working industry so today he's with us to share his point of views of what the future of Asha looks like and also sharing his experiences. Hi David, thank you for joining us today. Hi, thanks for having me. It's an honor. So just to give some sort of brief background about you to our listeners could you please take us through your career journey so far Yeah definitely so um my industry started you know while I was going through college I started in retail uh really started to be in like the supervisor positions and stuff like that and that's kind of where my people skills started you know a lot of times I think a lot of like um customer service jobs and those types people forget that a lot of people skills HR skills happen a lot you know store managers and stuff like that act as their hr individuals you know they're hiring they're you know dealing with conflicts all the time so that's where i started out went through that i started to i moved into marketing it was a a project manager for a um web based um company and i found out i didn't like it <laughs> and i was like okay this is not for me I thought okay moved around a little bit then i found hr is my actual setting i worked in the maritime industry uh with the three companies that worked in the great lakes area uh so that was fun and challenging had to deal with three different companies at once and different unions and all that uh loved working in that industry uh especially how old it is and then also having to work with different contracts like government as well so it definitely shaped my um HR skills um challenged me every day for sure and then from there I actually moved into back into the IT world and that's where I'm currently at at Blue Label um working with them and I love being back in remote in the IT world and just being able to work in this new kind of culture that is the current workplace Very well said, and I mean it's all about finding your grounds, and I'm glad that you did, considering you finally found something that you really like doing. That's how you enjoy work every day, as we say. Mm, so definitely. since you carry a strong skill set of you know hiring, training, and managing teams, what do you think are some of the latest trends in hiring, especially if I have to talk about the US, or maybe we could talk about the rest of the world as well? Um, yeah. How do you think that the work environment is going to change, considering we are just in the third this year? Yeah, definitely. Uh so Context Blue Label uh the company I work for we do hire internationally as well as domestic so I do have the opportunity to work with a lot of individuals around the world in Europe, India, um even Asia and you know South America. So you name it, uh I always joke that the only place I don't have is um Antarctica um and I don't know if I'll ever get an employee there yet uh but who knows. <laughs> but Yeah, the hiring trends um currently is, you know, we've gone through a few different cycles, you know, there's the quiet quitting, there's great resignation, um and now in the US we kind of have a financial recession, so a lot of the 
individuals that change jobs or, you know, the idea of quickly changing a lot has kind of paused in a sense because individuals want to make sure they have income coming. You know, when financials are tough, you want to make sure that you're in a secure position. And with that as well, there's been a lot of layoffs in the IT world um, and big tech. Uh, So that has changed the game too. A lot of individuals that are very, um, you know, Uh, able to help out and stuff like that are open for work. And so there's a lot of great individuals in the pool for hiring, but it's also a lot of individuals are picky. Um, And that's the current state of hiring is you are also getting interviewed, which I think is a good thing. It's not the same as it used to be where you're grateful for anything. You take any job that you can get. A lot of individuals are a lot more picky on the role that they're getting and the company they work for. Um, And so with that, you know, a lot of individuals are looking for a good work-life balance and they're not going to just take a job, especially an entry-level job that has a terrible work-life balance or, you know, not enough pay, you know, they know their worth. And I think that's a good thing that's come out of the few, you know, um, sessions that we've had. But, you know, it's also challenging as a individual hiring, you know, you want to get good talent and pay them correctly and stuff like that. But also, it's a very high demanding in that sense that they know what they want. And you had to present yourself too. Um, you know, you got to really sell yourself. Uh, I think is a good thing. Uh, But yeah, it's definitely a challenge in that aspect. Yeah, definitely. And I think, as you said, that, okay, everybody, like people have started to recognize their needs and they are trying to like understand what their actual worth is. They don't want to start any entry-level job. They know that they can upskill themselves and, you know, there are better things to do, which they would enjoy properly. And also with the technology coming in, the opportunities are also flowing at the same time. So I think it's a great time to come in and, you're going to capitalize all the opportunities that you have at the moment. Yeah, definitely. And then, like with the openness of, you know, coronavirus changed the game in the sense of everybody's now hybrid or working remote. That's also changed the game, too, in the sense that you are able to hire around the world and it's not as you know, crazy to do. Now, if you start looking for individuals in Canada, if you're in the US or, you know, even Europe, it's like, okay, that's normal. You know, that's not something crazy. You don't all have to be in the same city and paying high, crazy rents and stuff like that. You know, you can be an individual working in the middle of nowhere and be perfectly fine. Hence what I do. I live in Minnesota. I live on a farm and I work with a company that's pretty much based in New York, you know, and I don't have to pay New York uh, taxes, you know, like crazy high rent and stuff like that. I can, you know, be in the peaceful middle of nowhere and still get the fun of working in the industry. So kind of like you're getting the best of both the world. Being exactly. I'm working with some great companies. I mean, and also because of technology, we are able to right now, you know, have this sort of conversation. It's only possible because of that. Otherwise, we couldn't think of, you know, connecting with somebody who's based in Minnesota, based in India. Yeah, definitely. It's so fun to like increase our interactions with people around the world. And you get such a different culture as well for the workplace and just all these different perspectives come through. And I think it's really great for a lot of businesses if they can capitalize on that. True. So you just mentioned work culture, and that's what my next question is about. What does work culture mean to you? How can a company cultivate its culture into the employees that it has? 
Yeah, I think work culture is a mix, the employee's actual experience and perception, the work that they're doing and the company. And with that as well, the values and steps that a company actually takes to give that employee, you know, experience. There can be a lot of, you know, ideas that can be thrown out or perks and stuff like that. But I find that the company that succeeds is actually genuine in what they're looking for and trying to improve quality of life perks or, you know, just culture for their employees. You know, maybe it's a really focus on work-life balance or it's something for really good healthcare or, you know, certain perks like that. Being genuine, I always love to joke that, you know, not every startup needs free snacks just because every other one has it. It's like, it's a snack, you know, it's not something you like, Maybe you take that money and add it to some program that your employees really want, like a gym discount or something like that. Maybe you have a whole crew that loves going to the gym. Maybe they don't want, you know, cheap snacks that go against what they're they're not going to eat because they're on a healthy diet or something like that. You know, you want to look and actually see what your employees want. And that's a lot of feedback, too. And I think that comes into the culture. If you want a culture that grows, you need feedback from your employees and actually getting that great feedback in the sense of like, uh, no, I don't actually like that perk or, you know, and reevaluating how you do things in that aspect. It's basically about understanding the need of your employees, then, you know, doing it for them and not just what other companies are doing, not just following the herd blindly as we say. Exactly. Yeah. Just not copying um, in the sense that too, like there's a lot of big Fortune 500 companies, you know, they offer all these different perks and different programs, but uh, most companies don't have that opportunity or budget, you know, we don't have millions of dollars to throw at, you know, perks to give you all these wonderful things or swag, you know, t-shirts and stuff like that. But also at the same time, you got to think, are my you know employees actually wanting a t-shirt with my logo on it you know like are they going to even wear that or is it just going to throw it into their closet and be used as like a work shirt when they're painting their house you know and get paint all over it you know you're not really doing anything for your brand if you're giving pencils away like you know you got to really look at what they want you know in that aspect yeah very accurately said so now coming to you and your experience like you carry over a decade of experience which i think is a huge deal and obviously times have changed change is inevitable it's going to come things are going to change roles are going to change responsibilities at the same time changes how do you think that the role of an hr generalist or maybe the roles that you started in the in at the initial time, years or years of your career has changed when you compare it with what it used to be like how it is today than what it used to be back then yeah definitely i think the ability to like work remote has changed the game. I've been very fortunate in the sense that I've done a lot of my, I did graduated college remotely. I did it online. I did my first internship online as well. Uh, so I've been very in the space of working remote and I love it, but that's not the usual for a lot of individuals. You know, they get thrown these, you know, especially interns and stuff like that. When you're starting out, um, you get thrown these really bad jobs or, you know, you're just copying paper and stuff like that. And I think times are changing and people want 
roles that actually make an impact. And I think that's a good thing for sure. Um, but it's definitely changing the game um, on what companies offer, especially when you're looking at the roles that you're hiring, even for, you know, mature companies and like the role I'm in now, individuals want to make sure that they're impacting the work that they're doing. They don't want to just push papers around on their desk all day or just respond to emails. They want to actually do something. You know, if you're in the product, you know, side, they want to see the, you know, project go from start to finish and feel that accomplishment. And I think that's always been there, but I think there's a very demand on that. And kind of with those two, you know, the great recession and, you know, a quiet quitting and stuff like that. A lot of individuals are looking for those meaningful roles and they're not going to just settle for a role that, you know, they just find off the thing. They're going to look for what actually they want to do, which is really good in the sense that you can find individuals that are actually going to work hard and they care about the product that you're delivering. Uh, and that's something when you're hiring, you want to sort out that it's actually a good fit. You know, the culture is a different, you know, the employees do make the culture as well. And you want to make sure that the people that you're hiring fit into the company and want to work towards that goal as well. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Because you said that, okay, it's actually the people in the organization that makes the culture. So definitely the leaders at the same time, at the same time also need to evolve and, you know, understand where these needs of employees are coming from and how they can take it ahead. Yeah, definitely. And I I think you highlighted a good point that leadership really needs to be in the new world as well, too. Times are changing. You know, we constantly, technology is rapidly changing. I mean, there's just been the boom in the past few months about AI and, you know, chat, GBT and stuff like that, changing the game on a lot of different things. And you really have to look at it and be like, how are we going to adjust? How can we take advantage of this? You know, we're not working, you know, like we're in a digital world. We need, we can use digital signatures. We don't need handwritten signatures on everything. Or, you know, we can use Slack instead of constant emails that get lost. You know, we can use a lot better technology. And I think the leaderships and a lot of companies need to make sure we're the company that they're working for is up to date on that aspect and can keep going because the world, especially in the IT world, is changing every day. And if you're not caught up, you're going to get left behind for sure. Very true. And, you know, with these chat GPTs and AIs coming in, a lot of people now have also started saying that could there be replacement for, a, a, you know, a human a resource in the organization, which I think is, I mean, nothing can really replace a human in the organization because it could act as a catalyst, like this technology could be taken as a catalyst rather than, you know, just putting entire thing or the entire responsibility on it. So the amalgamation of two is I think, extremely important. I, I agree. Uh, that's kind of the opinion I have with AI. I think we need to learn how to use it. Uh, I don't think it's going to take away all the jobs of developers. I think it can extremely help developers and do their works 10 times more proficient. I know I've even used it in the HR world. I mean, you can, when ChatGPT launched, I was throwing in these prompts just to see job postings. Like you could be like, hey, I want a job description for a project manager in the web development space. And it would just go through. And then you'd ask like, hey, what are some good interview questions for this role? And it would throw out some great advice. And I think the big thing about this is taking it and then 
customizing it to you and your company and being able to take advantage of this, you know, learning, you know, AI learning and develop your company and you can help update a lot of things. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's going to replace everybody or especially uh, human resources. I mean, it's not AI sources. Uh, yeah. So I, I'm not worried about my role game takeover, but I don't think it's going to take over the whole space. Uh, I think it's more of a learning curve for individuals to take advantage of it. Yeah, truly. And thank God that, I mean, at least our jobs are a little safe <laughs> at the moment, considering, you know, uh, the world economy has become so turbulent at times with, you know, the great resignation we had and now recession coming in. But at the same time, at least this is not something that we really need to be bothered, especially at this time. Yeah, definitely. So I was just scrolling through your LinkedIn and I came across this very, you know, different book that I've not usually, probably never read anywhere else. So I was really amazed by reading it and I completely agree with what it said. And I believe so will our listeners. So you said you've written, having animals in the workplace can have a number of benefits for both employees and the company as a whole, which happens to be a very different thought. What was the idea behind it that made you write it? Yeah, definitely. You know, like I said, that I've kind of had the perk of working at you know, online for a while. And I am a big animal person. I live on a farm and I have a lot of, you know, inside animals too. Um, so I've been able to have those with me. And I, even when I was a project manager, it was the first company I worked for that was dog friendly office. Uh, and I got to bring my puppy to work when I first got my first dog. She sat on my lap for uh, meetings that were hours long, you know, and it just added a little bit of fun for individuals. It got you out of your seat too, because, hey, your dog's going to have to go to the bathroom. You got to take a walk outside, get some fresh air. And, you know, those little things help, you know, improve the culture too. You know, we've been talking about culture. If it's an actual office setting, if you have, you know, the ability to have dogs in there or even, you know, a cat or something like that, you know, not everybody's an animal person. I get that. But a lot of times it's a good way to connect with your, you know, coworkers. Um, even on our remote, you know, platform that my company is, we have a Slack channels called you know, the pets of blue label. And when it's a constant popular posting of everybody showing off their animals and it's the most engaging probably chat that we have in the company because everybody loves showing off their animals and seeing the, what they're doing day to day. But overall, I think animals help with just like improving the individual morale too. You know, if you're able to kind of be, especially working at home and having that, you know, your dog by you, um, sometimes, you know, they're, they're your best friend. You get to have that. And like I said, also, it's a good distraction in the sense that you can get up and you have to go outside or you have to let them out. You know, you do, it reminds you that you're not stuck to your computer uh, and you don't have to sit there for eight hours straight, you know, and working through that. So I think that's a big thing in that sense. Um, I also, you know, on my LinkedIn, I have posted an article uh, how like remote work too has really helped individuals with disabilities. And I think that kind of goes with it too. You know, a lot of times individuals that have anxiety uh, really take you know, a great care of their animals and they help comfort and bring it down. I know like if you, you know, anxious and you had say a cat on your lap, that could be a lot calmer while you're doing like a meeting versus, you know, if you're in an office or, you know, in a meeting room, it's a lot different environments. And I think that's offering a lot of individuals a better platform to be a great worker without the distractions 
especially with people with like ADHD, you know, offices with loud noises and stuff like that are, are so distracting and hard to work in. And being at home, you have that ability to kind of be there and be present. And I think it has helped a lot of individuals, especially in this time. Really, and very interesting thoughts are made in both ways, whether, you know, these are some things that we do not really give much attention to. But when it when we actually see them happening, I mean, it's so important to invite from all these learnings and, you know, that maybe somebody who is actually, you know, suffering from ADHD and, um, you know, some some any sort of distraction that they might be having in the workplace. I mean, we never really thought that, OK, our pets would also be, you know, helpful in coming out of this these distractions. But, you know, it's always like there's always a, a solution to the problem. And it's so amazing to, you know, read through that article. So thank you for joining us for uh, this episode, David. It was truly a great session and it's uh, a great thing to you know, hear from you considering you were sitting in Minnesota and here in Delhi. So it was, yeah, and definitely. It, it was a great conversation and I hope our listeners think, think the same. So thank you. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the time being here and uh, creating to connect with you across the world, you know, what a world that we live in now. So I appreciate your time and thanks for having me on. Thank you.